Hey folks, welcome to the podcast. I tried something different this week. I used my AirPod Pros to record the Zoom meeting, but the audio isn't that great. So bear with me. Hopefully you enjoy the podcast, even though it sounds a little different this week. Thanks. All right, Frank, you ready? You ready to do this? I'm ready. All right, here That's we go. Right. Episode 177 of the BizDoc with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. He may be the first person you see each morning. Frank Waugh is the cake meteorologist on Good Morning Kansas. He's led us through good weather and bad, and he's had a lot of fun doing it, I think. We'll get to know Frank a little better today on this podcast. First, the big story in the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal, our second in a series of reports called Small Business Big Mission. It's a project conducted by the Wichita Business Journal and our sister publications around the country. This week, we focus on Black-owned businesses. We talk to local minority business owners about their experiences in entrepreneurship. Here's a statistic for you, 84%. That's the percentage drop and SBA 7A loans to Black-owned businesses since 2007. Our project coverage begins on page nine. This week, we spend 10 minutes with Rob Dixon. He's the Chief Information Officer at Wichita Public Schools. He and others in his position at other school districts have certainly been busy this year. That's on page 27. This week's list, Wichita Area Office Buildings, ranked by total square footage. It's on page four. Part of our mission is to help you grow your business. Each week we provide business intelligence on new real estate deals, bankruptcies, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, court judgments. Our leads section this week begins on page 22. Equity Bank has been our sponsor from the very start, episode one. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. Well, welcome, Frank Wad. Glad you're here. Appreciate it. Hey, thank you so much for having me. First, let me check. How are you and your family doing through all the craziness of the last six, eight, nine months? You know what? It, it's been a little bit wild. Uh, we got a taste of it real early. Um, some viewers may remember uh, in March, uh, we were actually in, we attempted to go to Colorado to go skiing as this was all kind of happening. And uh, we were put under like actual KDHE quarantine uh, because we were in Summit County. And uh, we, we were in Summit County when we got the, uh, the news that we would have to serve like a whole 14 day quarantine upon return. And, and at that point, uh, I went to working from home. We came back early because we didn't get to ski. They closed down the mountain the day we were there and wow. uh, worked in the basement for a while. Did that for, I don't know, six weeks or something. I think time just kind of, you know, uh, fades away at a certain point, but working from home was, was interesting. My, I have two young kids, one who's about to turn four and one of them is six uh, so, uh, schooling at the end of the last year was interesting, but my wife also works in education. So she was able to, to be home. So there was a lot of home time, uh, you know, all in all, uh, it hasn't been bad for us. I, I think my kids, I hope my kids, uh, actually have looked back at it kind of fondly that, um, 
you know, we rode our bikes all the time. We went fishing like crazy. We, you know, planted stuff in the garden and, you know, it was, it was kind of a neat time to just slow down and, and did a lot of family stuff. So, you know, it hasn't been all bad. Uh, and so, yeah, I think we're doing pretty well. Now that the kids are kind of back in school, things feel a little more normal ish. And, uh, you know, we're, we're optimistic that, you know, things at least in, in their district are going relatively smooth right now. I think when you, when you come up on those times like that, uh, I think it's what you make of it. And it sounds like you made the most of the time that uh, everybody had to be cooped up in the house. Yeah, we, we really did. And, uh, you know, for a while there, we had no choice because we weren't supposed to go anywhere, you know, right. around public and stuff. So, you know, we, my kids and I, we were riding our bikes all around and we were trying to get out of the house a lot because my, I would do uh, weather from my basement in the morning and then my wife would schedule all her meetings after that. So I would try to get my kids out of the house so then she could do meetings. And uh, yeah, we had a good time, spent a lot of time outside. It was, it was a good spring and uh, really a good summer to be outside. Good. Um, tell us about where you were born and raised. Yeah, I was, uh, I was born in Kansas City, but I only lived there for a couple of years uh, my, my dad transferred from Kansas city, uh, or, or got a job at the refinery in El Dorado, uh, when I was just a couple years old and we moved to El Dorado, Kansas. And so essentially I grew up there and, uh, you know, spent essentially my entire life in Kansas with the exception of a, a couple year stint, uh, in Indiana. What did your uh, mom do? Your dad was in the refinery business. What did your mom do? Yeah, my uh, my mom was uh, kind of ran a home daycare so she could kind of raise us. Uh, and so we got to spend lots of time with mom uh, as a stayed home. She didn't actually, you know, go to get a job until after uh, myself and my my brothers. I have two younger brothers. Uh, we were grown and in college. So uh, and my parents still live in El Dorado to this day. Still your brothers in, in the area or? Uh... Yeah, you know, I've got one that uh, that works at the refinery in El Dorado. Uh, he's gone on to work there since my dad has uh, retired. And then uh, my other brother is, lives up in Kansas City now. So uh, we're all relatively close. When did you first get interested in meteorology? You know, it wasn't really until about my senior year of high school uh, that I got interested in it. And uh, going into my early senior year of high school, uh, I had plans to go to K-State. I want to do something with uh, environmental, you know, conservation. Uh, I think that was uh, spurred on by a love of the outdoors, hunting, and that sort of thing. And uh, I had a teacher in high school, Eldorado High School, who pulled me aside and he said, you know what, I really wanted to do that too. And he goes, the job market was so bad, I became a teacher and that scared me to death <laughs> that I thought, I thought, Oh my goodness, the job market was so bad in that field. He had to become a teacher. And I was like, I wonder what other things I haven't thought about. And uh, I had taken a video broadcasting class, a relatively new class. Uh, you know, we made things like PSAs and music videos and we had final cut pro and we got to edit on it. And, and we had, you know, some, some digital cameras and, and I mean, we shot videos and, and I loved the editing process. I loved the video process and the, the storytelling aspect of it. And I was like, man, that's really cool. And I always had a love of science. Um, 
and, and one day, I don't know, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, I ought to become a meteorologist. They get to mix the video with weather. Uh, and, and I said, okay, I'm going to do that. And so I decided about, I mean, this was probably like Christmas break of my senior year in high school. So I looked up online. I said, where can I go to college that's in state to do that? It's like, okay, it's KU. So I applied to KU. I didn't even take a campus visit or anything. I just showed up on move-in day at KU and said, I'm going to become a meteorologist. And that's what I did. Why TV? You talked a little bit about it there. Tell us more about the decision. There are lots of things a meteorologist can do, whether it's National Weather Service or private companies, that sort of thing. What yeah, really you know what? Beat you about TV? It was it was really the communication aspect of it, um, and and it's taken me, you know, it's taken me years to kind of really fine tune, I think, or understand why I did what I did. But I think I. I I think I really actually love the communication aspect more sometimes than the weather aspect. Uh, I love the weather as the meat, you know, that's the, that's the, the dialogue. That's the story that we get to tell, but we get to tell it through different channels, whether it's TV or Facebook or Twitter, or Instagram or apps or your podcasting or whatever it is, you know, I think it's the communication aspect I love, but you know, just like, you know, I had to have that, thing to talk about and and my love of science you know kind of pushed me towards weather but yeah i could i have the utmost respect for our colleagues at the national weather service and our military uh meteorologists and all the private sector uh they do tremendous work and there's so much good research that comes out of them but uh it wasn't for me you know it's the communication aspect that i absolutely love and you do a great job at it, too, I'll tell you. Uh, thank you. Um, you bet. Um, when you're at KU, did you have internships, on-air internships? I did. I had, uh, I had two internships, you know, very uh, – those internships, uh, you know, working for free in the broadcast industry is right. the way they go. Uh, but, I mean, they were, they were worth so much to me. Uh, my first one was I got to intern – uh, with the meteorologists that I watched growing up, I interned with Dave Freeman, Mark Bogner, Leon Smitherman, Andrew Kozak at KSN back when they were broadcasting from uh, the Weather Lab at Exploration Place. Right. Uh, it was a tremendous experience that uh, I got. I mean, I went in there and I practiced like crazy and I would go in on severe weather days. I would show up an hour early before my internship started it, and I would show up often as Leon was leaving, he would do the morning show and he would let me in and he would, he would unlock the door, let me in. And then I'd lock up behind him. And then I would practice for about an hour before uh, Dave or Mark would come in and I would just put a show on and I'd practice at the green screen. And maybe people remember at exploration place at that time, there was like bleacher set up and people would come by and watch as I'm just practicing over and over again. And, uh, yeah, that, it was a tremendous experience getting to work with, with those guys, really kind of formative early on, you know, kind of solidifying the passion there. Uh, I actually had a chance while I was in college, I worked at KSN on air. I was 20 years old, and I did weekend mornings every other weekend uh, at, at uh, Exploration Place. I mean, it was very cool, unique experience. Did that for a while. Also did an internship uh, at KMBC in Kansas City with Brian oh, Busby. Wow. 
Great guy. And yeah, and he was, I was told by uh, a couple of my uh, friends in college, they said, if you're actually really serious about going into this, you got to go intern with Brian. And I went in intern with Brian. Brian said, what do you want to work on? And I said, I want to be smooth on air. I want to be good on air. And so all summer we, you know, we did things like word association games, or he would, you know, I would practice at the weather wall and I'd be doing it. And then he would go make noise and try to distract me or take the clicker and, and advanced graphics or not advanced graphics. And he goes, I'm going to run you through all the scenarios you're going to run through at a small TV station somewhere. And, uh, and yeah, it, it was incredibly fun to do. And uh, yeah, those internships, they didn't pay a thing, but uh, they paid off in the end. Having Brian do that, it goes far beyond, I think, what the usual internship is. He was really a teacher. Yeah, he really was. And, you know, a neat thing with, with Brian, and, and there's been uh, the number of meteorologists that have kind of come through him is incredibly high. Uh, and even our own uh, meteorologist, Kat Taylor, who works on our team, she interned with Brian. Uh, you know, he sits down at the beginning of your internship. He says, what do you want to do? What do you want to learn? And he goes, if it's going through the calculus and, and the thermodynamics, he goes, I'll get the books out and I'll work with you. Or if it's forecasting, I'll do that. Or if it's on-air work, I'll do that. He's like, what do you want? He goes, we'll do it. And uh, yeah, it, it was a tremendous experience. Where else have you worked? Yeah, so uh, after college, I went to work at uh, KSNT in Topeka, uh, the NBC affiliate there. I uh, worked at KSNT for just uh, about two years, uh, and I, I did weekends at KSNT. I then had the opportunity to go to South Bend, Indiana, uh, and I did a morning show in Indiana there for three years. Uh, incredibly cool place to live. Uh, it was kind of out of the blue. I was asked if I was interested in applying for a job there. I said, why not? And threw my hat into the ring and went to Indiana. Uh, my wife and I loved that area. That's uh, home of Notre Dame. Our campus was actually, or our, uh, our station was WNDU, a station formerly owned by Notre Dame, uh, but at that time owned by Gray Television. And uh, our station was on the campus of Notre Dame. So we actually have, uh, I, to this day, I have an, an ID, a student, essentially a student ID for Notre Dame because we were allowed privileges to use the rec center and library and be on campus, which was cool. Uh, Notre Dame is, and, and South Bend is probably about a 90-minute drive from downtown Chicago. So got to spend a lot of time in Chicago got to forecast lake effect snow and deal with real snow events. We once had a, a 36 inch snow in 36 hours, wow. uh, which was uh, something to behold. Somebody from Kansas, a place that's kind of snow starved. It was uh, a dream. We had a, a one season up there with over a hundred inches of snow. It was a very cool opportunity to work there and uh, attended a couple uh, basketball games and football games, even hockey games there. And uh, it was a neat town. We, we try to get back there every couple of years to see our friends. And uh, Southwest Michigan, we spent a lot of time there because it's so close to the state line. Uh, really, a, I think, a hidden gem in this country that not a lot of people know about. So how'd you get to Cake? Was that the next step after Indiana? Yeah, that was the next step after that. Uh, along the way, uh, I had applied for a job prior to going to Indiana at Cake. Um, 
and then actually decided not to accept a job offer from Kate because I, I didn't really want to work weekends. <laughs> I was at a point where right. I, my, my wife and I just got married. I said, I didn't want to work weekends. And, and anybody that's in the broadcast industry knows weekends are a, a thankless shift. I mean, it is a hard, hard shift to do, especially when you have a spouse who works Monday through Friday. Um, and uh, so I went to Indiana, but uh, Cake came calling uh, after a few years there. And uh, they said, I think we have a spot for you. And they, they brought me back and had a chance to uh, take on the morning role at Cake, uh, which has been a lot of fun. Now I've been here. It's hard to believe it's, uh, it's been just over seven years ago. Wow. Time does fly. That's for sure. <laughs> it really Amazing. Hard to, hard to believe seven years. Well, those of us who are loyal GMK watchers, no, once again, that you set up your studio in the basement. How did that work technically? Uh, what cameras did you use? You had lights. And how yeah. did you put together a forecast knowing that all the, all the equipment was back at the station? You know what, the, the marvels of technology right now are, are just uh, ripe for working at home. And, uh, you know, we set up a connection so we could have remote access to all of our forecast computers, all of our graphics building computers from, you know, essentially anywhere, you know, via the web. Uh, we used a simple iPad for the camera uh, and being able to turn it uh, with the forward facing camera, we were actually able to see the return of being able to see my colleagues, which was really important. I could also see the weather graphics that we were showing, uh, bought a light kit and a, and a microphone early in March before that stuff became impossible to find because everybody right. was like, oh man, I'm going to have to set up something from home. And, uh, you know, bought a light kit, scrounged around the house, found some extra lights, lit the thing and, uh, and just went to it. it. It was really kind of a unique experience. We went a little analog with, uh, I had a chalkboard behind me. Right. Uh, and you had a message, in, different message every day, didn't you? Yeah, we did. You know, and, and sometimes we, it would change every 15 minutes to half an hour. We called it the shout out board. And, you know, kind of back in March and April, uh, you know, our, our community and, and our country was, you know, really kind of down. And, you know, Shane, Allison, and I kind of took it upon ourselves to try to boost people's spirits and kind of give shout outs to people that were having a real tough time. And, uh, and so we would put up people's uh, businesses or names or different classes of workers and stuff to kind of give them shout outs, which, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun working from the basement. It was kind of a neat trial. And, you know, now we live in this era of, I have a box of all of that stuff packed away now, but it's all on standby that, you know, the moment myself or my family gets quarantined, we'll go back to doing it. Television's a bit nomadic. Uh, do you feel like you put down roots in Wichita? Yeah, I don't. I don't think I have any interest in in leaving. You know, there were there were times I, I bounced around a lot, and and to be completely honest, when we moved back to Wichita, uh, we were not really excited about coming back to Wichita without. Uh, uh, on a lot of levels. We were excited to come back to be close to my family and my wife's family because we were, when we moved back, we were pregnant with our, our first son. And uh, so we wanted our kid to, to grow up in this part of the country, close to their grandparents and that sort of thing. But, you know, growing up in El Dorado, Wichita was, is where we went to go school shopping and, uh, right. you know, really didn't spend a lot of time in Wichita, but, um, 
it's been my observation in the past seven years, seven years ago, Wichita and Wichita today, either my eyes have just been opened or it has changed a lot. I and, think you're right. And there's been this drive that it, it feels more community-like instead of yep. just uh, chain restaurant and big box store-like that I felt right. like it was at least when I was growing up. And, uh, and, you know, that's been a, a drive. I'm like, man, the, the cost of living in this town, how you can live close to where you work. You don't spend time in tremendous traffic. Uh, and now we've got this, I mean, uh, culture of small businesses that, you know, maybe they always existed or maybe they're, you know, just being brought to the, the forefront, but uh, those make it really fun. And even the, you know, it, it's crazy to think and, and, almost kind of silly, but the Wichita flag, I mean, even seven right. years ago, you know, it was here and there, but now it's everywhere. And there's this sense of pride to living in Wichita. And, you know, and, and we have that now too, that like, I don't know if I want to go anywhere else. Right. I think we have had a transformation over the past. So I've certainly seen it in the 30 years that I've been here and uh, it's, it's been great to see it really has. How'd you get into cross-country bike riding and uh, how's the hand? <laughs> yeah, you know, my, my hand is all healed up and good now. But uh, yeah, last November, I, I was in a cycling accident. I broke my hand uh, on a brand new bike I got that I was very excited about. But, uh, you know, something neat about Wichita is uh, when I moved here about seven years ago, um, there was this surge taking off that was gravel bike racing and uh races like the uh dirty kansas 200 and emporia and races like that were just kind of uh gaining steam and this part of the country is a perfect place to ride bikes on gravel roads we all know that uh especially with the advent of the cell phone paved roads are getting incredibly dangerous to ride on there's uh uh, number of distracted drivers is is really scary uh so cyclists are are migrating to the gravel roads and man we've got a plethora of them here and it, it's neat to live in a, a major city and you know for the most part i'm about three miles you know from where i live to endless gravel roads and so i started riding um there's been a, a lot of uh, community around that there's been a lot of local bike races pop up bike shops right now doing tremendous business selling gravel bikes bikes that are made for riding on gravel roads and uh i got started riding with uh marty johnson of johnson's garden centers sure. uh really kind of the inspiration for riding uh he did his first tour divide race from uh, banff alberta canada to antelope wells new mexico along the continental divide it's almost all gravel roads i watched him do that the year he turned i he won't care that i tell you the year he turned 60 was the first year he did that. And he was riding about a hundred miles a day. And I looked at myself and I said, that guy's 60 years old riding a hundred miles a day on gravel road. I said, what am I doing? And, uh, I said, I got to get a bike and try this out. And I've been hooked since it's, uh, it's cool. And I mean, there's just a sense of community around different bike shops in town. And uh, I mean, there more and more people are, are picking up that activity. There, it really is a big community, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, and now there's, there's gravel races all across the country. And even it's now spreading international that uh, places like Iceland uh, have gravel races that were inspired by races like the one held in Emporia 
uh, and countless others have been, uh, you know, inspired from that. And uh, yeah, it's been fun. Been kind of a crazy weather year, along with everything else that's gone on. It seems like we haven't seen the severe weather that we usually see in the spring and summer. Yeah, you know, I, I said this spring and, and summer that uh, at least nature here in the Plains states knew that we had enough to handle. Uh, exactly. Didn't need any more severe weather. Yeah, it, it was incredibly weird. Uh, in, really low tornado count. I mean, record lows in a lot of cases. Um, and, uh, you know, we as meteorologists and, you know, trying to preach safety that we hope people just don't get lulled into a sense of, oh, it doesn't happen here anymore uh, because we know it will. Uh, right. It may just take a couple year break, but eventually, uh, you know, we're going to have more severe weather and it's going to come back. And uh, so, yeah, it, it, it's been an odd year. Uh, it'll be interesting kind of going into the winter. Uh, people often want to know, you know, what are the long range forecasts looking like? And oftentimes uh, those are, uh, marginal at best right and so so we will see but uh yeah it, it definitely an odd year but then on the you know as quiet as it's been for us the the tropics are at record levels of storms which has uh, been really interesting to watch frank wall you're a great meteorologist and a great broadcaster and a great friend i appreciate you taking some time today to spend hey, with me on the so uh, podcast it's good to see you tell everybody at cake i said hi I will, Bill. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 177. We hope you are doing well. Check out all our podcast episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the podcast. We appreciate it. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter and thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. You know, creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com backslash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.